Chaos and Christ Podcast. Chaos and Christ Podcast. We honor Christ. Lift heavy weights, act like men, and resist tyranny. And now your host, Alexi Felix. What's going on? Welcome back to Chaos and Christ Podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix. Thanks for tuning in. I know I keep saying every week, things just keep popping up, but I'm trying to get into a system and a pattern to get these episodes out every week. So bear with me, guys. I appreciate your patience. But today, we are going to be talking about men staying on the mission. Men stay on mission. And we're going to kind of break down exactly what I mean by that. Now, if you are returning back to the podcast, and please, uh, if you haven't done so already, share this with someone else and leave a comment and review. And if you are new here, let me earn all of that with the value that I provide in hopes that this gives you something and it basically focuses your mind on Christ. So at the end of this episode, if this is something that brought value, that really helped you out with a new perspective, then I would ask that you would subscribe, follow, share, and leave a review or at least a rating on Spotify. That would be pretty good. All right, so let's get into this. First thing I do want to speak about is the concern with the state of the country and our future here. Now, We all seem to understand that something is terribly wrong with the current condition of our country today, meaning like you can't really avoid it. No matter what spectrum you kind of land on, when you just take a look at what's happening, if you just go on social media, the news, and be careful with the news, and if you're just honestly just speaking with your group of friends and you have an opinion that doesn't go along with the mob mentality, then you already know that you're on the outskirts and really it's causing a lot of havoc within relationships, within the workplace, within churches, businesses, I mean everything. This is imploding within us. And so you kind of take this, you view it, you look around and you're just kind of, you're kind of like worried And if you're anything like me, then what really starts to happen is that anger starts to really set in, right? You're getting angry at the injustices that are taking place. And by injustices, I mean, what we are seeing is election interference and censorship that was actually proven to be true by the Twitter files, proving that the Democratic Party and the FBI went to Twitter to actively shut down and censor conservatives to make sure Trump would not get reelected. Not a conspiracy theory anymore, folks. This is legit. Legitimate files on Twitter released by Elon Musk showing that this is exactly what the White House, the Democratic Party, and the FBI were doing, weaponizing a public forum or public form or stage, whatever, and censoring conservatives, not just censoring conservatives, but also elevating accounts that were basically on the opposite side that parroted their narrative. I mean, this is the the state of affairs that we find ourselves in in this country. And if you're again, if you're anything like me, this really pisses you off. This angers you because of the injustice. It means we don't live in the America we thought we once lived in. 
We're not free when you have our government and our law enforcement agency, federal law enforcement agencies that are being weaponized to censor the opposing party and their thinking and their speech. That is what third world countries do. That is what totalitarian dictator run countries do. And so you're living in it. I did an episode on it saying that we are living under tyranny now. And I don't think a lot of people believe it still because we're still under the facade of the freedom that we have, right? But that's because there's a lot of things that still need to kind of fall in place for them to actually then execute the grand scheme, the grand plan. And ultimately, we will be subjected under them over the overlords. But this is not just happening here in the United States of America. This is global. This has touched Canada, Australia, Brazil is basically losing their freedoms. I've I got an account that I'm following that's following me back. We chatted a couple times here back and forth about what's happening over there. Uh, I mean, China, you already know, they've been a communist nation for some time now. And they're going through protests because the Communist Party was literally welding in their citizens in their homes because of COVID, welding the doors shut so they cannot escape and leave. God, do you understand what that can do to you to know that you can't even leave your home at all, welded shut? Oh, Lord, it's just so much things that can take place from that alone, even to the point where a fire took place in a building that was welded shut, and uh, I think there was like 10 or more people died, which caused the protests to spark up. They're tired of the tyranny. They're tired of the dictatorship. It's not a joke. Uh, The Chinese Communist Party goes and rounds up people, stripping them from their homes, separating them from their kids, and putting them in concentration camps. This is not a conspiracy theory. Literal videos are out there on Instagram to, to see. There are accounts that you can follow, and I'll start posting them. And if you follow me, I do post most of them on my stories. Follow them to know the truth. These are the things that they are trying to usher in here in the United States of America. This is not a conspiracy. Man, I feel like I have to say that so much because you are are being propagandized to believe that there's a far right-wing extreme taking place and they are the conspiracy theorists, they're the cultists, they're the ones that are are dangerous to democracy, which is a word you're going to hear a lot of now. Never mind that we are a constitutional republic with democratic elections on lower levels. We're going to hear about democracy. We're going to hear about freedom. We're going to hear about bigotry, hate, words that really evoke emotions. This is what we're going to hear, and this is what is happening in our country right now, and it's probably making you angry. Angry and almost full of despair, right? Like there is no hope. Like this is obviously going to happen regardless. You got the World Economic Forum meeting all uh, national leaders and heads meeting together, globalists, bankers, businesses, big businesses that we put our money towards willingly. These are, in fact, some dangerous times and proves we are not living in the America we thought we were in. And so that's the concern that we have, as men especially, as, as fathers especially. That is a concern that I have, and it drives me nuts. It, it does... At times, it does get me in my head where I have to turn to the Lord and pray and be reminded that he is fully in control. And we'll get more into that in a second. But my other point here to this whole thing 
is that we do have a tendency to throw our hands up in the air as if it is good, it is what it is. It's going to happen. What can we do, right? So let me go ahead and just continue on. And my issue lies in the fact that we simply complain, but then we do nothing about it. And we complain, especially conservatives, we are big complainers, right? We know the truth, rah, rah. We understand what's happening. And, and, and for some reason, though, we are still blinded by entertainment, like football. And look, I'm, I've said it before. I got nothing against sports. I got nothing against football. I used to watch it back then. I definitely can't do it now. It doesn't seem important in the grand scheme of things, truly. I just can't give it airtime. I really can't. But it's like the, 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 the religiousness behind football and the culture that blinds people from what's happening, that even these, these woke NFL, this woke NFL company is doing to propagate the same things we are so angry about, and we still watch their stuff. I don't, I don't get it. It's like, I know that's an escapism, and I understand that that's your getaway. And, and I, I get, trust me, I have my own. I got the gym. That's my getaway. But when you devote your time to know the stats of every player, of, of who's being traded who, and then you get into some stupid arguments with people online about who's got more points and what and who's the greatest of all time, it's like, I think we're missing the point here. We're still giving ourselves away to entertainment and comfort and convenience while we are being tyrannized. It's that tendency to just throw your hands in the air and pretend like it's not happening, like the elephant is not literally there sitting in your living room. And it has a, a tyranny tattooed right in front of its head. Like it's it's there. And then another on the other side, to my Christian brothers and sisters who are just waiting for the rapture, who have decided not to do anything. I'm not going to build. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just, you know, Jesus is going to come back. There's nothing you can do about this. This is it. We were meant to lose. That's another thing, too, that I just, I can't get behind. Even if there is a rapture coming, and I'm not a pre-millennialist anymore, but even if there is a rapture coming, right, and, and I'm wrong about premillennialism, fine, so be it. That's a tertiary issue. But nevertheless, I don't still see why we just stop building and stop pursuing and growing and serving. I just, it doesn't compute in my head how we as men could just be so docile and so passive and just sit on the sidelines, complain to each other while we watch football. I just can't get with that program. It's not for me. All right. We don't do anything or start anything that would promote the cause of truth, freedom, resistance of tyranny, and the spreading of the gospel. Now, I guess what's really happening to men, and and I guess I would have to admit that happened to me probably early 2020, 2021, when I thought that I was in despair and like we are literally gonna be under just complete to totalitarianism, which now I think autocracy, but it's a whole different topic for another day. I started to despair, just think like, is it worth to pursue what I want to pursue? Is that even does that even matter anymore? Right? Because you learn about socialism, you learn about communism, you know what they do. They seize production of all goods and services, where essentially you just can't own your own business. You can't be free to work for yourself. You are subjected to the state, 
to the government. They are God now. Lowercase g, just so you know where I stand. But essentially, that's the, exactly where it's, where it's at. So is it worth it? And I, I'm here to tell you, absolutely, yes. It most certainly is worth pursuing building a business to pursue that education, going into ministry, to get married, to have children, to take care of your bodies and get physically in shape. All of that is worth it. And I believe that God has called us to still be productive and take dominion regardless. And we'll get into that in a second as well. But also, if it aligns with God's will, what is your concern? Seriously. Because what? There's chaos in the culture, in the world, and in our politics. That's always been there. And it will always be there because we live in a fallen world with men who are sinful, who have fallen short of God's glory. Why do you think Jesus came? Out of love to redeem those lost that he is predestined. Because we were gone, lost, and dead in our trespasses. And when he comes, when he came back and died on the cross and rose again, guess what the scripture tells us? He is ruling and he is reigning right now at the right hand of the Father. He is king right now. Not in the future and not when the rapture comes. He is the king right now. He is reigning. He is ruling right now. And he has told us, he has given us command to go and therefore preach the gospel to every nation, every tongue, every tribe. And with preaching the gospel, I just don't mean that that means become a pastor. If that's the calling that the Lord has on your life, then hey, you better follow through. But if you are if you're finding yourself as a, a person of entrepreneurial skill and talent, and you're thinking, I don't think I should start something, you're wrong. I'm going to tell you right now, you're wrong. You need to do it. You need to start it. Because if you have the worldview that is God-honoring, God-glorifying, Christ-honoring, you are truly a Christian, then we need you, brother. <laughs> we need you out there doing the work, producing, serving others well with integrity, and being able to build systems and services and goods that fight against this tyranny. Stop staying on the sidelines. This is worthy of pursuit. Anyway, I digress. Because if you don't, you might as well just get comfortable with abandoning your freedoms. Just let it happen, right? I see so many comments on Instagram where, I mean, I'll, I'll comment too. And it's like, look, that's what's happening. The new world order is being established and formulated. And... Actually, I was just talking to someone yesterday. I, I don't know this person, but you know, you chat with people online. Uh, you want to engage with the right ones, and this this guy was basically saying, you know, not under my watch. I am building a business software, and he has he didn't get into detail, but and I don't know if it's true. Maybe it's not, but the thought behind it, the sentiment behind it, was so good, and I was like, man, that's exactly what we need. We need people that think. That regardless of how big the threat may seem, we need men to say, you know what, screw it. I don't care how small my, my army is. I'm going to build it anyway. And maybe I went in this little battle right over here in this corner in the Midwest of Chicago or in Texas or wherever you are. I don't know where you are, but wherever you are, if, even if you're in Germany, even if you're over there, right? Like if you're in Ohio, it doesn't matter where you are. You may not be able to take on the big wars, but you have a battle to fight. And it's the hill that God has called you to die on. And so do that. (laughs) 
Because if not, then just give up your guns, give up your freedoms, basically just beg and plead for the government to become daddy, and we're there. I mean, that's what we do every time we give into our entertainments and our pleasures. We succumb to pornography and lust. We succumb to drugs. We succumb to all these things that are being perpetrated onto us on purpose. On purpose. Because God has called you to be faithful with a little. So yes, this is a worthy pursuit. God has called you to be faithful with a little. And even more so, will hold you accountable for the little that he has given you. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? We are here now because of how passive we have become and how winsome we want it to be, especially in the church, where we want to make sure we check our tones because, you know, our tones, they need to be good. Hey, brother, I don't mean to offend you. And maybe maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, cut it out, man. Cut it out. You know what the scriptures teach. You know what the truth is, the objective truth. Say it with confidence, with gusto, with a spine behind your back. Tell them what sin is, what God calls sin, and call them to repentance. In love, absolutely, but don't let them get you all twisted up with your tone. Man, say it like you mean it. Say it with a chest. Seriously. Enough of this softness. Get up, get to work. The pursuit is worthy because it glorifies the king. So, of course, I got to give you encouragement from what the Bible teaches. And I was reading something and it just popped into my head uh, of a passage that I remember reading in Jeremiah. And so I went and looked at it and I just did a quick brief overview of history. And I just find it very interesting. When you go to Jeremiah chapter 29, what you have here is the setting is being set up that Israel was basically put into exile by God for, for their sins, for their rebellion. They were under judgment. They turned from God. They worshiped idols. They, they broken the commandments. And God issued that they would be reigned under the king of Babylon and would be put into exile. Yeah, God allowed that to happen and, if anything, decreed it because of the rebellion of Israel. Don't think that we that this can't happen now, that God can't shake things up. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you've noticed where America has been for the last 10, 20 years, we've been in this trajectory of denying who the one true God is. Not to mention, we had a state-sanctioned murdering of children for close to 50 years. You don't think that comes with some sort of consequence? God is not mocked. He isn't mocked. And unless we repent and turn to him, then judgment is what we have. It's what we will receive. And so, yes, Israel is in exile. They were invaded by a foreign nation. The king of Babylon took over. But yet God's promise was still sure. Even in the midst of chaos and exile, God's promise was still to be fulfilled. I don't even think by the time 20, uh, chapter 29 of Jeremiah came around that the destruction of the temple even took place yet. I don't think so. Someone can fact check me on that. But nevertheless, this was a thing that was happening to the people of Israel. And now now that you have that context, now that you got that kind of like that picture of what was happening to them, listen to what Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 4 through 7 says. Pay attention to this, okay? This is so good. Verse 4, this is what the Lord Almighty, 
the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Again, he is telling you, I carried them to exile from their hometown, their homeland to Babylon, a foreign nation that will basically rule over them as a punishment. Verse 5, and this is what this is what God is saying. This is what Jeremiah was told was told by God to tell to the people. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Verse 6, marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Verse 7, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Think about this. Jeremiah is talking to a nation that has undergone judgment and punishment by God for their sin, their rebellion. And it's not so much of just the guilt. I mean, they literally had to deal with, I believe, pestilence. People died. They lost their homeland. A a foreign nation invades. And now they're under a foreign government, essentially. And what does God tell them? Go and revolt and destroy or be angry and post tweets about that. Or stop building businesses. It's worthless. Wait till I come back. Wait till the Messiah returns or comes for the first time. Stop having children unless you want your children to grow up in that hot mess. No. No, no, not at all. Look what God is telling them. Build houses, real estate, (laughs) and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. What? Work? Plant? Build? What? And then marry and have children and not just have those children, but raise them in such a way that they would still fear God and then get married themselves as well and then have their children. He wants you to increase and not decrease in a land that is not your own. Because if the Lord prospers it, you too will prosper. In Jeremiah 29 There's that one famous verse in verse 11 where we misquote that so badly in our Western context here in America where God has plans to prosper you. And we use that on our coffee mugs so that way we can go to our sales job and, uh, you know, quote that so we can get all the deals and get prospered or the business to be successful. We don't understand the context of that. He wasn't talking to you and me. He was talking to the Israelites because of the promise that he still was going to fulfill for them, even in their rebellion and sin and in exile. God is our father. God was their father, and he had to exact some punishment on them because of their wickedness and their rebellion and their churning from God. When God warned them not to deal with the foreign gods, when God warned them not to give into sexual morality and homosexuality, I mean, it was prevalent then as it is today. And the judgment of God was heavy on them. God is not mocked. But here we have it where he calls us to still do it, to still build, build your businesses, plant your gardens, build your homes, get married. Brothers, listen to me. 
That is, I honestly believe, still true today. And I believe that the passage of Jeremiah 29 11 is deep. Though it was for them in that context, in that time, what we can pull from that is that we are in Christ his. We are his church. We are his bride. And so therefore, there is a plan he has for his church. But sometimes the plan doesn't look exactly how you think it's supposed to look. It doesn't look exactly how you think it's supposed to end up, right? Because ultimately, I wanted a business and I wanted it to be successful. I wanted to be in a free country. I wanted everyone to have some sort of respect for one another. But I still go to church. And even though my neighbor doesn't agree, we're so cool. No, here's what I got at the age of 32, a divided country, left and right, and this idea of wokeism and transgenderism and LGBTQ plus stuff and child pornography and pedophilia trying to be normalized in our day and age, where government now is going after parents for them refusing to go along with narratives. That's the age that I'm living in right now, here, right now. And I have a child. I am a father. And my fear is, at times what that looks like for her in the future. I don't know, man. I really don't know. I don't know if my fitness business that I've started to help men is even going to be successful. I don't know. That is not in my control. But what I do know is that I have gifts and I have talents and I have things that I can do with my hands, with my mind, with my mouth talking, and I'm doing it. And I'm going to continue to press on and build, even if all I get is an audience of 20 on this podcast. If it helps you and it gives you a perspective and it inspires you to go after the things of the Lord, repent of your sins, trust in Christ, and then go and be a pillar in your community, then I've done whatever the Lord has called me to do. And with that, I'm at peace. So what are you being called to do? What what gifts do you have? And sometimes it's not about starting it. It's about growing what you already have right under your nose, right where you're at, at the ground that you are standing on. How is your marriage? How is your relationship with your children? Is there a time where you guys gather together, pray, worship, talk, discuss the things that is happening in politics? You know, do you allow yourselves to have healthy disagreements with coworkers and friends? But to have a civil conversation, to keep that going, to preserve the freedom of speech that we thrive on here in this country, or at least did. And then if you do want to start a business, if that's something that you do want to do and you have the resources, you have the skills and talent, and you can't fulfill a need that is there in the marketplace for people that can serve them, then why don't you just do it? God has called you to build houses to get married, to have children, so those children can have children, to plant gardens, to eat from that garden, right where you are, even in the midst of the chaos. Israel had to do it. They were in a land that wasn't their own. They were in exile, in punishment, and they still had to do it. God called them to do so because the plan and the promise was still for them. And ultimately, though they don't know I mean, they didn't know. Jeremiah told them there would be in exile for 70 years. They just, I mean, think about it. Who within the middle of 70 years, when they hear that at the age of 50, thought, I'm never going to leave this land of exile. I will die before I ever get to see my homeland again. That's not, I, I can imagine a lot of them didn't plan that for their lives, right? 
But then Jeremiah 29, 11 tells them, but I have a plan for you, a future and a hope. <laughs> and then they're like, but I'm going to die here in this land. Yeah. Yeah. That's what God has called us to. Some of us are going to be martyrs. Some of us are going to pass before we'd see a revolution. And some of us might live where we see our freedoms taken away. And I pray not. I pray that we stand up and fight and fight against tyranny. I mean, that's what I'm doing here in some small way with the fitness as well, with building a coaching business so I can help men get into shape. It's my idea of fighting against tyranny. That's just one hill of mine that I want to battle because if you can be healthy and fit, then you don't need dependency on the government, disability, and you're a capable man who can survive and be hard to kill. That's my thing. But there's other things that you can do to serve your community that would help them to fight against tyranny in your own specific way. Because once we bring back the honor and fear of God in our lives, and once we repent and bow the knee to Jesus, and then once we get back to personal responsibility, working hard, building families, building businesses, once we get there, things will start to progress in the direction that the Lord has called us to as long as our eyes are focused on Him. But we battle this thing called sin and rebellion in our hearts. And we have ideologies that are at war with us here today. And so that is our war. We are wartime Christians. We are battling not even flesh and blood. It is these empty philosophies, these ideologies, these principalities that are unseen, but you can clearly see at the same time what it's doing to our country and other countries abroad. So with that said, I want to round this out and leave you with this. Continue the mission God gave you, man. God is sovereign even over what we are witnessing today. Nothing takes him by surprise. He is very well aware and has always been aware. He's not looking through the corridors of time to see what happened and what went wrong and adjusting to it, as a lot of people believe these days in our country. Sad to say, but that's not true. God isn't learning. He isn't adapting. He is sovereign. He knows all. And honestly, that's what gives me comfort. It's what reminds me that all this was going to happen, was meant to happen, and God is in full control over that. And you can wrestle and get angry with why and this, this, and that. At the, at the end of the day, you don't deserve grace and you don't deserve the air that you breathe anyway. Once we remember what grace truly is and how fallen we truly were outside of Christ, then you can recognize that whatever comes, whatever happens, whatever my destiny is, if it be the Lord's will, so be it. It's hard to accept that. And there are a lot of scenarios that run through my head that really scared the crap out of me about it. But I'm in Christ. Not by my choice, but because he so chose to forgive a wretched little man like myself. I have peace to know that when that day comes, however it comes, I will be with the Lord. And as long as he is pleased with my life here, I got nothing else that I need. We may not understand it all, but it is our duty to honor the king and serve his will. So don't run and hide. The time is now to stand and fight. Our battle is truly with empty philosophies and ideologies. And the way we battle that is through getting our hearts, our minds, our eyes into the scriptures, into the word of God, 
gathering with the brothers and sisters at the church, praising, worshiping, singing, and doing life together. And that's our battle. So men, specifically, and if there are women that are listening to this too, this doesn't exclude you. My heart is for men because of the attack on men, and that's why I'm directed to them. But we need you, and we need your help, and your husbands need you. They need your help, and we can't do it without you. It's time to get on the mission that God has given you and pursue that to the fullest extent. And the outcome isn't your responsibility, but what is your responsibility is what he's handed you to work with. So work with it. All right. So that being said, I hope that you got some value out of this. I hope that this has provided you something that can really just shift your perspective and to give really just your all to the Lord and work towards the resistance of tyranny and work towards doing exactly how Israel was instructed to do, which is build houses, plant gardens, get married, have children, and have them have children and get married as well. All right. So with that, I I leave it be to you. And until next time, remember, honor Christ, act like men, lift some weight and resist tyranny. And until then, God bless. If you found value, then please subscribe and leave an honest rating and review. And remember that in the midst of chaos, Christ is there.